Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Today's going to be a doozy. I'm telling you that right now. I wanted to get rid of the J.C. Horn debate. I did. I promise y'all I did. But it's going to show up once more. We got three hours today, 12 to 3, before we hand it off to the Kyle Bailey Show. Thanks to Charlotte Sports Live. Jeff Rickard for handing it off to us. And we're going to be talking about Carolina's loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lose 30 to 24 after 20 points were scored in the fourth quarter. And Tom Brady does it again. Could they have won if J.C. Horn was in at starting cornerback? What does it mean for Sam Darnold going forward after his three turnover day against Tampa? Does it mean now, because of this loss, that Steve Wilkes is not going to be the head coach going forward? There are lots to get to. And Wes, I know you're extremely happy today like to talk about Carolina's <laughs> loss and everything. I... I mean, Fiddy, I think, is ready to fight you today. Like, that's that's how much your relationship has been a little rocky the last three shows, as documented as we start. Woo! There you go, to trying to today. drive a stake between us. I don't us. have to. That's y'all doing that. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I try, you know, I go on Twitter after the games just to see what's being said. And some of those takes that I saw yesterday, man, it just had me fired up. I'm driving in a day listening to my West Coast playlist and the – that Cypress Hill came on, that um, we ain't going out like that. I said, oh, this is the last thing I need to hear walking in the office today because that beat is serious. Well, I'm telling you right now, you're about to drop some takes that are insane in the membrane. That's, <laughs> that's what I think. That's yes, but they're always based in facts. No, they're not. Stats. We're about to do it right they now. They are. All right, Linebackers right. better than these corners out here. Let's get it. Let's pull, get it. Pulling up to the scene. <laughs> Let's get off the bus. Yeah. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. We'll get to some of the debate-heavy topics in the second segment discussing the biggest reason Carolina did lose to Tampa Bay on Sunday. But they did lose, and there is a huge overall picture to this loss, which means they are not going to go to the postseason. Carolina needed to beat Tampa Bay. They needed to beat New Orleans in the last game of the regular year. And if they did that, then they would have won the NFC South, the division title, and they would have gone on to extend their season to the playoffs. That will not happen. Instead, they are a eliminated from playoff contention with one more game left and there are a lot of questions that are surrounding the show today Wes one revolves around your head coach and Steve Wilkes right now who is only with the interim tag does he get the um, long-term tag for this team that's a question Sam Darnold whether he's going to be the long-term quarterback what are some of the main storylines to you coming out of this loss against Tampa well all the ones that you hit on there, there were so many going in but just main like I said Sam Darnold Steve Wilkes uh, just 
assess this team going forward, what is it going to look like? I've been saying that this is going to be arguably the most important offseason in Carolina Panthers history with the draft position you have, with the quarterbacks that are available in this draft. Uh, are you going to go out and find a different coach to lead this franchise? This is going to be the difference between you becoming a relevant franchise again or you just going off into the island of irrelevancy, a, a word to Roman Reigns and the crew, which that was great as well over the weekend of wrestling, SmackDown. But anyway, uh, yeah, man, for you to remain on the island of re- relevancy, you're going to have to put together a really good offseason, starting with finding the quarterback of the future. So... It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, and and Tom Brady has done this before. He's done the whole comeback thing before. But Carolina, they got off to a great start. I mean, Carolina had a touchdown right from the rip. Sam Darnold, I did think that his touchdown passes were money yesterday. Like, I'm going to give the guy credit. I thought they were really impressive. I thought Tommy Tremble's throw, that was one that was needed to be hit in stride, and he got him there. The DJ Moore throw... Honestly, I don't know which one was better between the Shy Smith and DJ. Like, to put it on a dime to DJ, as well as be able to manipulate the coverage and understand the safety coming up on that Shy Smith touchdown and then drop it right to the only place that Shy could get it, I thought all three of those touchdowns were great. The problem is, you had three turnovers. You had an interception where he severely underthrew it. That ball should have been in the end zone. You had a couple of fumbles where the last one, that's one where you just got to hold on to the football a lot tighter than that. I mean, Bradley Bozeman snapped one where he wasn't ready for it, so that's a problem. But when Anthony Nelson is coming off the edge like that against Ike Iquanu, who just didn't get out to, uh, didn't did not have a nice first step, not nearly enough to protect Sam Darnold, I do think Sam needs to hold on to the ball a lot better. I know he was about to throw. Man, just maybe a little bit more uh, internal clock questions there. Um, but overall, honestly, I mean, Wes, it's not like I could ask for a much better performance. You need to hold on to the ball a little bit better. The, the throw was bad. What did you overall, what did you think of uh, Sam Donald's performance yesterday? Well, I mean, he made some good throws. The offensive line gave him some time, and he did stick some throws. This is a guy that was a top five quarterback for a reason. This is a guy that coming out of high school, I believe, was a five-star quarterback for a reason. So there's pedigree there, but also there's numbers. And the fact that he has 53 career interceptions to go along with 33 career fumbles. This is what he does. When you put the offense in his hands to win a game for you, these are the results that you're going to get. Now, I will give him the fumble when he got sacked from behind and he gave it up. But in addition to that, there were multiple throws down the stretch that were uh, fanny clinching type of throw <laughs> to where guys dropped interceptions. He made horrible reads. You heard even Greg Olson on one of the throws is like, I don't know what he was looking at. The ball right. that got tipped, he was like, I don't know, you know, what he was looking at. That could have been disastrous. So if you give him too many chances to hurt you, he's going to do that. So like I said, he did play a decent, he played okay because he did make some touchdown throws. But Sam going to Sam. And he sammed yesterday. Yeah, Tur- too many turnovers from Sam Darnold. And even if they're kind of questionable, maybe up in the air, which ones are his fault, which ones aren't. We know the interception absolutely is his fault because he severely underthrew it. And uh, the defensive back was able to pick that off. We'll get to more Sam Darnold conversation later on. The college football playoff slate was awesome. And usually the semifinals are not very good games. Usually they're snooze fest and then we get to the championship. Oh, yeah, and or, or, or you get one good and one bad. Yeah, but not this time. This weekend, we saw some phenomenal football where it was a lot of fun to watch Michigan come back after it looked like they were going to get beat down by TCU. 
controversial no call on targeting against TCU mm-hmm. to possibly give Michigan another shot. Offensively in the second half, that game was bonkers. Then Ohio State misses out on an opportunity after they had their chances against Georgia, but eventually the Bulldogs, they move on as the number one overall seed, and they'll be playing TCU in the championship. What did you make from this weekend? I mean, I couldn't have asked for better semifinals than what we got. The Michigan game, at times, I thought it was over with. There were multiple times uh, in that third quarter where I said, it's a wrap. Michigan's done. And then here they come again. What an epic game that was. It was tremendous. I thought at the end of the game, Michigan did catch a bad break with that targeting call because I thought it certainly was an entire blacklist. I'm like, okay, come on, guys. It's 25 seconds left. I was like, seriously, dog? Like, this is a blatant targeting, and you're going to sit there and be like, oh, it's 25 seconds left. Get out of here. Anyway, I did that just for 52 because I know when he talked about how much he likes Blacklist. Oh, Blacklist is your guy. Yeah. Because there's only there's only uh, um, one. It's Joe Klein, right? Is the only other one. Um, no, who? There, there's Joel only, Klatt. Joe Klatt. Joe Klatt. Yeah. Joe Klatt. That's yeah. the only other guy that you like more than Todd Black. But yeah. Yeah, because Herb Street, because he's doing the NFL thing now, this isn't the same. Like when he was just focused on college, right. he was really damn good. Uh, but yeah, Blackledge and and Clatt, there's something about their voices when they're breaking down quarterback play that just make me excited as a football fan because I feel like I'm learning something watching those guys break down the game. Yeah, man. So I thought that uh, in the second game, it went about how I thought it could go. I thought Ohio State was capable of doing this. I just didn't think they would after I saw them get punked by Michigan. But that was just a tremendous game as well. I thought at the end of the game, people giving uh, Ryan Day a tough time saying he got too conservative. I thought, yeah, you could put the ball in the hands of Stroud again, but I thought the kicker was going to make the kick, frankly. I mean, a 50-yard kick to win the game, I could live with that. But, um, you know, I felt like he could have given Stroud a couple more opportunities. I mean, he was sensational. And then Marvin Harrison Jr., I watched Ohio State a couple times this year, but if that's not a top five pick at wide receiver, I don't know oh, yeah. what is. He, he's absolutely Woo! amazing. Fiddy, I, I heard you make some kind of sound effect to what Wes was talking about with the missed field goal. What did you take away from the missed field goal in Ryan Day's coaching? Absolutely loved it because that's what Noah Ruggles did at North Carolina. He would make one, miss one, and miss it not even close. By the way, do you think he was scripted? For the kick to happen right as the clock turned midnight. <laughs> Conspiracy theory. We need the X-Files music to play when that one played. Absolutely. People were saying that the Panthers game was scripted. I saw somebody say that for them to get Brady in the playoffs. Oh, is that? Oh, because you they were wanting uh, another team to get Tampa. Tom no, Brady? They, no, that they wanted Brady to get in the playoffs, so they scripted this oh, game. Oh, the NFL scripted it. Gotcha. Yeah, yes, oh, it was no, they're scripting Rodgers to get in the playoffs, so those two that's guys right. can meet the NFC title game. The aging well, that's not gonna happen. Fighting through adversity, coming back in the second half of the season. I can see it right yeah, that now. That won't be happening. An excellent play between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Final thing, we'll just touch on the Charlotte Hornets. They lose to Brooklyn over the weekend. They do have the L.A. Lakers tonight. LeBron James and company coming to town. LeBron just recently dropped 47 points. But the Hornets just recently beat the Lakers out there on the West Coast. One of the two West Coast road trip wins that they had on that six-game trip. What do you think about Charlotte's chances tonight? And what did you make? of their game over the weekend if you paid attention at all to be honest with you because college football playoff their preview um or their playoff uh was honestly it was going on at the same time that the hornets were playing so can't imagine too many guys were on the nba well i had both games on mm-hmm. uh being the consummate pro that yes, i am professional and so, uh, Kyrie and kd went for 51 
the Nets shot the hell out of the ball, 60% field goals. It was the most efficient overall by a Charlotte opponent this season, so they were cooking. And so it is what it is. They caught a beat down there. A couple of, well, one good omen for the Hornets that the Lakers' record this season on Mondays is uh, 0-3. So... You know, that might be good for him, but a now bad that's, one. Now, that's hard-hitting journalism, damn it. But, that's a professional. But, uh, you know, against teams with a sub-500 record, they're 10-2. and two, so, eh. Yeah. And then LeBron, you know, coming off that birthday performance, gave two chains to Jersey. He might be on one tonight, man. He hadn't played in Charlotte for a long time, so he might be looking to give the Hornets fans a treat. And we know how much he <laughs> wants to destroy Michael Jordan teams. He always wins in Charlotte because Michael Jordan owns that team, and I would expect a really good performance from him. Tonight in the Spectrum Center. Weston Walker show off and rolling, and it's going to be off and rolling in the next segment. We're going to talk about J.C. Horn once again because there is the take out there that if he would have played, Carolina would have won. Mike Evans not getting 200 yards, not getting beat like Keith Taylor and C.J. Henderson did. You can text us at 704-570-9610. Do you believe if J.C. Horn would have played, Carolina would have won this game? We'll talk about it next. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 FM. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ talking about the Carolina Panthers loss yesterday to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can send us your thoughts and comments via the Garage Door Guru text line at 704-570-9610. We'll go to a few of these just real quickly. M-Dog wrote in, there's no way you bozos are blaming Sam right now. No, I'm not blaming Sam for the loss. The defense did not show up. Sam could have played a little Don't better come up being called at the end bozo. of the game. How about that? You bozo. Yeah. Uh, honestly, pretty elementary. Bozo is a very uh, derogatory term in the streets to call somebody. Is right? that right? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, bozo is a really, uh, that's pretty rough. You call somebody a bozo, you're <laughs> insulting them. Very much so. I didn't know that, so I need to yeah. stop using that so freely then. Maybe I need to <laughs> no, stop saying that. No, we can use it freely. Especially on a bozo like that that will call us okay. a bozo because he doesn't agree with us. Um, 704 number wrote in, this loss is 100% on the defense. The offense did enough. Bro. Simon uh, Simon and Croquet wrote in, need Cam back. So <laughs> already with Cam Newton, definitely feel that. Um, Bud Lightyear wrote in, I believe if J.C. Horn played uh Wes would have another bad take about JC Horn. So there's another one. We're gonna get into the JC stuff. Yeah. Um and uh six one nine number wrote in. It wouldn't matter if JC Horn or Dion Primetime Sanders was out there. Mike Evans was going to go bananas. So there you go. He said, you know why? It's because I was going against him in the fantasy football championship, <laughs> which happened. I was in a I was in a fantasy I was in a fantasy football championship game oh. this weekend. It's still going Monday night, Ooh. but I'm only up. I'm only up like 35 points. They have Josh Allen, Dawson Knox, and Joe Mixon. So oh, you're probably about to get. Yeah, you. I know it's going to be tough. Stranger things have happened. At least I get my money back. That's how it goes. So I get my money back if I finish second. I think I forget what the payout is, but it's honestly very nice. Um, and we'll see what happens. So. Hopefully, I can get everybody's good luck wishes for tonight's championship matchup. Really, that's going to take an end. Let's now talk about the J.C. Horn thing because we did see some bad cornerback play. Mm-hmm. Keith Taylor was awful. C.J. Henderson was not good. But Tampa Bay has two very good wide receivers. Mike Evans, even if Tom Brady and Mike Evans had not been on the same page for the most part this year, Mike Evans 
extends that streak of reaching a thousand yards in this game against Carolina every single season. Didn't even need the 17th game to do it, which kind of legitimizes that stat a little bit more, in my opinion. The fact that you did not need that 17th game. And it was really rough. Mike Evans destroyed this team. I was getting big Julio Jones, 300 yards against Benet Ben Wickery vibes. That's how bad <laughs> it got, especially when all three touchdowns were deep passes, just throwing the ball downfield, which, Wes, it's something I had talked about going into this game. Tampa Bay didn't challenge anybody downfield this year. It was all Chris Godwin, five-yard receptions, seven-yard receptions. Mike Evans taken out of the offense in a lot of respects and because he used to go for 11, 12, 1,300 yards, and the yards per reception for him were down this season, but not against Carolina. Steve Wilkes was talking about how they should have adjusted schematically if they should have done it. Well, when, when you talk about adjustments, I don't think it's schematic. I think it's just, you know, uh, executing your technique. You know, the question was, you know, do we have help over the top? Yes, we did in cover two. Safety wasn't there, you know. And then, one, I think Evans slowed down a little bit, which predicated uh, C.J. slowing down. All right, then all of a sudden he took off. Brady laid it out there. So, again, I don't think from a standpoint of adjustments, I think you just got to go execute. So they didn't have enough safety help over top and C.J. Henderson. I, a couple times, you just didn't know what those guys were doing on those coverages. I mean, Mike Evans is not a burner. I mean, he's fast for his size, for sure. He's a deep threat because he's Very big deceptive. and strong. Yeah, it is, but he's not, he's not crazy fast. Regardless, Mike Evans just ran right by him. Uh, you know, C.J. Henderson just wasn't playing deep enough, and Mike Evans... It wasn't even a stutter, right? He just ran straight line, baby. Go route. Eventually, Mike Evans caught it. No J.C. Horn in this one. Now, we've had our J.C. Horn debates, and boy, we're about to have another one, I'm sure, <laughs> where Fiddy is going to be the one that engages you this debate as much as any. Yes. To me, Wes, I think J.C. Horn absolutely makes a huge difference, at least in how Carolina loses this game. J.C. Horn, regardless of how we feel about where he ranks on on this all-time corner list, on this best cornerback list in the game right now. Mm -hmm. He does not get beat like that once, twice, three times. Mm -hmm. The longest reception he's allowed this year was against DK Metcalf, and that was a 25-yard reception where there was zero yak. He was right on him, just DK's a good receiver, caught the, caught the pass, and, you know, shattered him for most part 30 to 38 snaps that's the ultimate cover game we've seen from jc mm -hmm. and he allowed 47 yards i think 25 yard pass right that's it so even if you wanted to say jc horn gets beat once then it would have to be something we have not seen the rest of this year mm -hmm. like a prediction that jc gets beat by mike evans that would not have any evidence from this season. Like, we would have not have seen that before. Mm -hmm. It damn sure wouldn't have happened three times. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if Mike would have been covered by J.C. Horn the whole time. Probably not. Chris Godwin lines up a lot in the slot, so it's not like we're going to see J.C. Horn in the slot a lot. So Chris Godwin got his two yesterday, an undersung hero, 120 yards, like nine receptions. So Godwin still would have eaten. Wes, I don't know if Carolina still wins if they win this game with J.C. Horn on the field, I'm telling you right now, though, they're not winning or they're not losing the way they did with Mike Evans catching three deep touchdown passes. All right. So when we were in the fishbowl, it went from they would have lost differently. Now it's they huge. Have. Now we add that adjective to it now that we're on the air. No. It, yes. Listen. No. Yeah. Right, 200 right. yards for Mike Evans right. is a lot of yards that okay. would not have happened had J.C. Horn been out there. Right, right. You could say that. Mm -hmm. But like I said last time I checked, 26 best coverage grade in the league according to PFF. All right? Let's start there. <laughs> that was Fiddy's side. Then let's go to the fact that they beat 
the Buccaneers when he was not on the field for their previous matchup, all right? They're five and eight with him on the field this year, mm-hmm. okay? We're not talking about a top five defense here. So his impact, I mean, you're telling me that this guy, when he steps in the lineup, that this is one of the best defenses in the league and they're shutting people down, et cetera, et cetera. No. As I've said, there's no such thing as a shutdown corner in the NFL anymore because of the rules, because of the way the game is played. There's no Revis, there's no Dion. Okay, now, would Mike Evans have been quite as dominant? Maybe not. But we're also talking about the greatest quarterback of all time with linemen back that were giving him time back there to make plays. We're talking about Mike Evans, who I think will be a Hall of Famer when it's said and done. Yeah, Nine straight seasons with 1,000 yards and a Super Bowl championship. So he was going to eat. We went over the list of the guys, the quarterbacks, that J.C. Horn has gone against and the wide receiver list. But he hasn't been eating all season long. Okay, well, hold on. Let me let me, let me me go and then you can, whatever. But he wasn't eating because <laughs> that offensive line was in disarray. The injuries, as soon as that game came on and they said Tampa Bay had three top linemen back, I said the Panthers are in trouble. It makes such a huge difference, and people are overlooking this. When Tampa got healthy on the offensive line, that makes all the difference in the world to this offense. So, like I said, you can't come telling me the only thing I'm giving a team a pass for injury-wise is quarterback. Maybe an elite pass rusher. Maybe. Maybe an elite wide receiver. But even still, I'm not giving passes on that. But you're not going to tell me that a cornerback that's rated where he is that barely touches the ball. Cornerback might touch the football once every four to five games if they get their share of interceptions. You're not telling me a guy that has that little bit of an impact on the game that's not a true shutdown corner that can just follow a guy the whole game and take him out of the game is going to be the difference between beating the greatest quarterback, maybe football player of all time, in his house in a winner-takes-all matchup. Mike Evans still would have eaten Tom Brady still would have been eating off of J.C. Horn. No, so let's please have. stop the narrative that a cornerback is going to make the difference in a game like that. Plus, my last point, Fiddy, then you can go. Football is way too situational. Even if J.C. Horn was out there and he was limiting what Mike Evans did compared to what he did do, Tom Brady is still going to make adjustments and still going to make football plays. Honestly, I think that's the best argument for this, right? Because I can honestly see that. If you think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers still win, and I ultimately have a problem with, well, if J.C. Horn was out there, Carolina ultimately would have won, no doubt. I totally get that. that. Like Because you can alter your game plan to just not attack Mike Evans downfield. The reason they did it is because C.J. Henderson has been awful this season. The reason they did it is because Keith Taylor has been awful this season. No, we're changing his name to Cheeks Taylor. He's been awful. This is J.C. Horn nonsense. No doubt, but for me, that, that, that last part, I can get on board with. If you think that Tampa still would have won this game, I can absolutely buy into that, but it would have not been Mike Evans going for three deep touchdown passes. Yeah, they would, and have, I had can to, they would have had to adjust yeah. way differently to find another way to win that game. Look, Wes, entering yesterday's game, Tom Brady's stats when throwing towards Mike Evans this season, <laughs> three touchdown passes, seven interceptions. So he had a negative two-to-one interception to touchdown ratio yesterday. Mike Evans' best game before yesterday in terms of yardage came against the Ravens, six catches for 123 yards, no scores. 
Uh, and in terms of catches, came the week before against that, against Carolina. No J.C. Horn, nine catches, 96 yards. So the first time with no J.C. Horn, he still got his he still he still got his numbers, mm-hmm. but he didn't get the touchdowns. And that's that's what makes this so different is that if J.C. Horn is on the field, I don't think that Mike Evans Mike Evans may have ten catches, but does he have two hundred and seven yards? And three down-the-field touchdowns? No. Because J.C. Horn isn't getting beaten three times like C.J. Henderson, Cheeks Taylor, and Josh Norman. If if he would have played, would have gotten beaten. That's what makes this different. He takes away one side of the field. No, he he may not not be a shutdown corner, but he takes away a side of the field. And that's just as important. That's a shutdown corner. That's a shutdown corner. And when I we talk about it, the great corners that have played in this league, that's what they did. They shut down a side of the field. And I think he's a shutdown corner. No, Just because he's got not. the 26 coverage grade. Look at the quarterbacks that have tried him. The result hasn't gone very well. Ask Geno Smith. He has, thank you. You just made my point for me. You talking about Geno Smith and some of these other guys. He hadn't gone up against the elite of the elite yet. Like I said, Gino, Pat he, Mahomes. He's a pro bowler. No, but he ain't Mahomes. He ain't Herbert. He ain't Brady. He ain't the real big dogs of this league at the quarterback position. They ain't scared of no J.C. Horn. I'm sorry. I mean, look, man. I, he ain't there yet. We've talked about that. Before going into that Seattle game, we were giving Geno Smith all the credit in the world. No, he's having a the good year, but he's not a big but, dog. But, but if we're going to put it in the context of this year, then Geno Smith was good. Joe Burrow, I know you always go to the three receptions for three targets for T. Higgins. Also, those three receptions went for a total of 21 okay. yards. But he didn't so, need to throw the ball a lot. Okay, but when he did... 21 yards. I'll he completed every pass he threw at J.C. Horn. Westbrook. And if he would have needed to do more, he would have done more. Well, every one of these quarterbacks, look, Carolina has does have five wins, six wins, five wins when he's on there. Like, we can th- – I mean, every, eight losses. Every, yo, I know. Yeah, every single game, like every loss or win, if a quarterback could have done more than they would have against J.C., I mean, at some point, a 17-game sample, or how many games he played? 13? At some point, a 13-game sample, that matters for how good J.C. Horn has been. And look, even if we don't, like, you can just say J.C.'s not a shutdown corner. That's fine. Always, this entire debate, the whole season long, a part of the equation has been just how bad C.J. Henderson has been, right? Keith Taylor, right? C.J., (laughs) are you doing some PFF stuff? So, when you have... C.J. Henderson, okay? You like PFF. So when you go to all of the cornerbacks that have played at least half of the 730 coverage snaps that have been accounted for, okay? So we're just going half. We're just going straight up. Have you played half of the coverage snaps out there? Mm-hmm. J.C. Horn ranks 19th coming into that game, mm-hmm. right? You've called him the 20th best. You've gone to that exact grade a million times. Mm-hmm. Do you know where C.J. Henderson ranked? I bet it's super low. Oh, no. It's not super low. It's the lowest. It is 64 out of 64 guys that qualify for that stat. So even if you wanted to make a big deal, which you have about the 20th coverage grade, 40 spots is a monster gap. Right. I mean, Wes, C.J. Henderson is not even towards the bottom, not one of the worst. Nah, man. Literally the worst cover corner coming into that game against Tampa, and he gave up two deep passes. And J.C. ain't doing that. But I've said that J.C. owns a good player. That's the thing. People hear That's fine, the fans hear what they want to hear. They don't hear the fact that I said there's no shutdown corners. They don't hear the fact that I say that he is a good player. He's a good player. But don't come giving me this that he's having that kind of impact. This is the 22nd ranked total defense in the NFL. Defenses that the great, great corners in league history has played on were not 
22nd overall because they had the type of impact to if I have a Darrell Revis, I can afford to bring more guys in the box to shut down the run and put you in more obvious situations. I can afford to blitz more on obvious passing downs and really put the clamps on offenses. You can't afford to do that with J.C. Horn. This defense, the numbers don't back up him being a shutdown corner. The wins and losses don't back it up. Look, when when you go to the numbers for J.C., the number that you keep going to is coverage grade according to everybody that grades. And I respect the hell out of PFF because they got a lot of people on these games, no doubt about it. But you're also talking about a lot of stats. Like, for every stat we can go back and forth, I'll go passer rating, targets, catches, But I'm also going to what quarterbacks have you played against? And what wide receivers have you played against? That, that's fine. We you can't help the schedule of quarterbacks. Okay, right. That's that's fine. But all I'm saying is that don't come telling me that this guy is a is a is a great and a shutdown okay. when he ain't done it against the best of the best. So, that's so, all I'm saying. So so that's fine. If if I like the semantics of shutdown corner, cool. I'm ready to throw that in the trash. What I am saying is mm-hmm. when we talk about the impact that he would have had in this game, that is abs- that's absolutely measurable based off of what CJ Henderson was asked to do because you were down your top two guys. And so remember against Tampa, they also had Dante Jackson, who is by far the second best corner on this in the, on this team. And they were without him in the second matchup. So you have Keith Taylor and CJ Henderson that were burned. Okay. Keith Taylor got destroyed by Deontay Johnson. And then we just saw the deep pass to Mike Evans. We saw that happen with CJ Henderson and Mike, Hev- Mike Evans is a really good football player even now even at this age no doubt about it but to me the impact jc horn 64th dead last guy if we're going to pff right dead last compared to jc horn that that's a big time measurable gap well can i interest you in the fact that jc horn gave up five catches for 94 yards against detroit you guys interested in that or you want to keep telling me how great he is (laughs) because i'm just saying if he's giving up five to 94 against a detroit team that had an offensive line Mm -hmm. that had a passing attack that had to throw the ball a good bit to get and stay in the game you're not telling me that if he's playing against the elite quarterbacks in this league they're gonna do whatever they want to him yesterday brady's still eating with jc horn on the field mike evans is still having a big game with jc horn on the field whether he's on him or not so that's what i'm saying five to 94 to detroit so he hadn't eaten all season long but but fitty the offensive line was in shambles he barely had time to throw to anybody and that's what I'm saying. If people are going to look at this game, look at it, look at it in its totality. Look at it with the correct picture. If I'm missing three offensive linemen, that makes a tremendous impact. You telling me if you take Icky, uh, if you take uh, the boy from BYU, Christensen, who for the last few weeks has had one of the top pass blocking grades in the NFL, and you take Taylor Moten away, what do you think uh, Sam Donald's going to look um, yeah, like back there in the bad. pocket? No That's doubt. what I'm saying. I mean, so you're talking Tom about Brady's a guy in Brady Sam. who can't run anywhere. He can't run to the grocery store if he had a Ferrari. And you telling me that this guy missing three key offensive linemen, including one of the best young tackles in the game, and Tristan Wirtz. You're telling me that if those guys are missing and that rush is getting after him that he's going to be looking like we expect him to look absolutely not so that's why those numbers you're giving me are skewed we saw yesterday what the healthy the offensive season? line yes that makes a huge difference uh, when you're playing with the offensive stuff, line that's trash we're talking about numbers man like jc horn's numbers i mean they've been very good all I, you gave me detroit but against who uh, uh, 
I mean, yeah. Against who? Against Jacoby the Brissett? Against that's the, like, come on, fam. Jameis Winston? He's still playing the best 32 starting quarterbacks. Right, and I said he's a good quarterback. No, he ain't played the best because he ain't played the big dog. That's not his fault, though. <laughs> okay, right. But all I'm saying is, Fiddy, all I'm saying is that. So if you go to J.C. Horn let, is a good player. Year he plays Mahomes but, and he picks him off twice. Is he all of a sudden shut down? Okay, then that I can respect that. Because when I looked at Pat Sertan, his numbers, Patrick Mahomes only tried him three, four times. That's well, and, respect. I mean, come on. That's don't, respect. You, you brought in the one corner that I could come back at with Sam Darnold. Come getting on, Doug. You talking yards. about one week he got beat for a pass and or two? You talking about one week with Detroit? Pass or two? No, you're I'm talking about. about I'm talking about a guy that's played. I'm talking about a guy, ass. Pat Sertan, that has played against elite quarterbacks in his division that don't try him. That's respect. You know what? Until J.C. Horn has that. Don't come at me with Wes, that. Wes, you came at with me. Sertan and Sam Darnold got him for 70 yards. Okay, that's one game. And so was Detroit You act DJ. like a guy. You act like a no. Wes, you just brought up Detroit. You just brought up Detroit as one game. Go okay. to all the other ones we just talked about. That's one game. DK Metcalf had, had pretty decent numbers. Yeah, 47. Two for 53 yeah. or 49. Uh, if, if you're gonna and argue, JC also got if, a pick and a pass got pick in zone coverage that was Which, not on DK Metcalf. That, it's not. And don't be yelling. That's Chill out. Chill <laughs> out, bro. He, he came off of a guy and then got right. him covered, which is an excellent right. pick. Like 47 yards, I'll right. take DK Metcalf 47 yards any day of the week. But if if, if, like, if it came down to and Geno Smith really had to keep going to him on JC Horn, DK Metcalf is going to eat. 704 570-9610. That is the like, garage. This guy's Superman to y'all. This is hilarious. This is one of the worst takes I've ever done. Not from you, but just from all the... <laughs> no, but I saw pundits, actual people with blue check marks Bill, Bill. that do this for a living that was saying that if they would have had J.C. Horn, they would have won the game. And I thought that that, that take is laughable. Yep. What you said, Walker, is respectable. I can see them doing it in Thank a different you. way. That's respectable. But saying that they win the game because of a cornerback, not a quarterback. Mm-hmm cornerback <laughs> it ain't happening it's delusional that's a six and ten take for a six and ten team bill barnwell did write a lot about that i mean there are pundits that are writing it just to continue to back up what you're saying about some of the national pundits out there they yeah. were absolutely talking about jc horn 704-570-9610 that's the garage door guru text line let's get to the first fitty flash of the day fitty assemble yourself <laughs> <laughs> um so remember that remember when the Panthers hosted the Lions on Christmas Eve and J.C. Horn had, you know, just an okay day? Mm-hmm. Remember it was really cold that day and the playing surface was, was maybe less than ideal? Well, the, NFL, the NFLPA is now filing, filing a grievance against the Carolina Panthers and Bank of America Stadium for the playing conditions, you know, with the hardened turf and stuff like that. We've seen a lot of discussion around the league about turf versus natural grass. Wes, you you played on turf. You played on natural grass. Mm -hmm. You can probably attest to this. Do you think at some point we will see all 32 teams be back playing? Oh, hang on. We got some breaking news. Oh. Oh, is significant? How significant is this? Oh! It's uh, it's pretty significant, only in terms of this argument. The Panthers have placed uh, cornerback J.C. Horn on IR. He will miss the season finale this weekend at New Orleans. We couldn't get out of the J.C. Horn nope. combo. <laughs> No, nope. I guess that's an automatic loss if J.C. Horn doesn't play. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Well, this week we want to lose for draft position, Wes. Give, I mean, give, give it the right this, uh, train this, of thought here. This is right. Okay, there's your <laughs> fitty flash. We'll get back. We'll visit the campus corner. College football We playoffs, do need to talk about that turf finals. thing. That's interesting. So we'll talk about the turf thing. We'll get to the college football playoff thing. Lots of things still to go. Wes and Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 FM.
Radio 92.7 WFNZ. People writing in, giving their J.C. Horn take, talking about how the impact might have been big had he played against Carolina. I think it would have been big. West does not think it would have changed the outcome of the game. Tell us what you think. 704-570-9610. We can also visit the campus corner in just a minute. I know we did get a phone call. Do we need to go to the phone lines here, Fiddy? What are we doing? Nah, we just had a guy that called in and told West to take his homer and ass either to Tampa Bay or San Francisco. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. Absolutely good. West, if you visit Tampa Bay, though, just invite us sometimes. It's beautiful down there. So we can go hang out man yeah, i wasn't a big fan of tampa baby oh you weren't i like tampa okay tampa was pretty cool all right okay I'm a miami guy baby go ahead fitty we were about to say something do you go on like when you go to the beach because you give off vibes that you wear a shirt when you're at the beach because <laughs> wow. you're you're just very very pale like, i'm pale yeah like you have like you like a vampire like fitty. sometimes i worry about when you got in the sun if you're just gonna like you know explode yeah um, no, I actually tan pretty easily. In really? fact, yeah, I love yeah going to the beach. I definitely, I definitely don't wear a shirt. I mean, I wear like a cutoff unless I'm going in the water, and then I don't wear a cutoff or anything what like that. What are you wearing that. a cutoff for? You ain't got no muscles. I'm not. You don't have to wear a cutoff to have some muscles. I'm going there because I'm at the beach. I don't want to wear like a whole outfit. So why? Well, how did this turn into me getting right. clowned at the let's beach? Talk about K Club. I mean, Fiddy, <laughs> let's talk about you at the beach. You want to do that? You want to talk about me at the beach? <laughs> Take me, and I'll show you me at the beach. I don't want to see. I hope you wear a shirt at the beach. That's what I'm trying to say. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text in. Let's visit the campus corner. Let's talk about the college football playoff that did take place this weekend. It was impressive to see, one, both of these games really delivered. Georgia ends up beating Ohio State to move on to the championship game, and we do see TCU upset Michigan. How big of a loss was that for each of these coaches, Wes, Jim Harbaugh, and Ryan Day? I think for Jim Harbaugh, as I said, in my opinion, I know me and Fiddy went back and forth on this, but I felt like you can't lose to Cinderella. I felt like with the momentum that Michigan had coming off of a college football playoff appearance last year, you beat Ohio State again in a game that many people thought that they may lose. So to go to lose to TCU, the team that many people thought was just an afterthought, I think was very damning against him. But he's had trouble against TCU his whole college coaching career. They're 3-0 and against Jim Harbaugh. They beat him twice at Stanford in 2007 and 2008. But it was a tremendous game. Like I said, Max Duggan came through. He almost lost it for him, but he made enough plays to win. As far as Ohio State goes, this was another team that many people thought that they were going to get smashed. Uh, I thought Ohio State, the way the game went, I thought it went the way I thought it could go if Ohio State really came out and let it hang. And I thought that offense, that was clearly the best quarterback that Georgia had seen all year. Some of the best weapons they had seen. That Marvin Harrison Jr., my goodness. So, yeah, uh, I think for Ryan Day, he did take a lot of flack from the fans. People saying that he got conservative late. But at the end of the day, many people didn't think they had a chance against Georgia anyway. But I'm just more focused on Michigan and coming into a game that many people thought that I would imagine they were a heavy favorite for them losing. And so I was ready for Clemson to also get the win this weekend. I expected Michigan. I expected Clemson to get some of those victories. And sure enough, Clemson actually gets beat down by Tennessee. Clemson would get to the red zone. They ran a ton of plays, but they just could not score. 31-14, to 14, Tennessee ends up winning. I thought Joe Milton was very good. 250 passing yards, three touchdowns for Milton. They ran for 124 yards total. Wright had 11 for 89, had that big, long 42-yard rush. What did you make of this game? 
where Cade Klubnick, after we had all of the hype, right, ends up throwing for 320, a lot of yards, but on 54 attempts and did have a couple of interceptions. Well, this is a program that prides itself on finishing. They ran 101 plays, the most in Clemson Bowl history, and 11 of their 14 drives crossed midfield, but it didn't translate to points. They gave Kate Klubnick a heck of a workload, 74 plays of total offense, and his 54 passes were an Orange Bowl record. He passed Chris Winkie and Josh Heupel, so he was working. But at the end of the day, like I said, I think we saw a lot of that high school is still in him, and while he still could get better, I just didn't see it. And I told Clemson fans that there was a reason why he was not playing in front of DJ Uyangalale. Uh, Dabo has shown you, I've said it time and time again, that he'll play the guy if he has the guy. But we saw K. Clubman make a lot of boneheaded mistakes. There's a lot of empty calories in those yards. And I just think that, like I said, he's a good player, but he's not a championship level get Clemson back to a, a national championship type of quarterback, in my opinion. Now, I'll also say to his defense, the Clemson skill talent is just clearly not what it's been. I think Davis Allen is arguably their best receiver. I think Antonio Williams is a two or a three on another team. Like when DJ Uyangalele had his good starts when he played against BC and Notre Dame, he had Cornell Powell, who I think was a very underrated receiver in Clemson lore, and Amari Rogers, who I thought was a really good receiver. Those guys were technicians. They got open. The Clemson skill talent outside of Will Shipley is subpar. It's not championship level. Clemson has a long way to go before they're going to get back to the days of when they were just getting to the college football playoffs and wrecking shot because the skill talent just isn't there to compete with the likes of some of the other teams we see. Biddy, do you think we answered any questions about whether Cade Klubnick should have been starting at the beginning of the season based off of this game, or do you think this just this was a bad one and that you need to move on, and then once they move on, you'll have Cade Klubnick ready to go next year? No, I really think that his performance justified why you saw DJU for the majority of the season because this Tennessee defense – Entered this game not very good. This was a defense that gave up a lot of points, gave up a lot of yards, and in this game they bend, but they didn't break. And I, I think Wes is right about Clemson's skill talent. Whenever they were going to the playoff and competing and winning national titles, they had NFL dudes at every position on the offensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. They don't have that right now. And if I'm a Clemson fan, and, you know, you got spoiled with that run of going to the playoffs, and now you want to go back. And even with the expanded field, Clemson will be back in the playoff more consistently. But, like, I'm looking at Dabo, and I'm, and I, and I'm looking at him saying, how are you not going and getting in the portal and getting the two to three dudes that you need to go get to be on par with, with Alabama, Ohio State, the Georgia of the world? Because I think if you give Klubnik that type of talent again, He'll be, he's more than capable of being a quarterback and get Clemson back to the national title. So that is the big question for them. Can they get back to the college football playoff? Phil Cornblit, I believe of South Carolina Sports Talk, South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Cornblute, thank you. He <laughs> is someone that talked about how Clemson is trending downward as a college football program. Debo Sweeney reacted to those comments. The program after tonight and say that it has uh, fallen from the elite. Ooh. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't really, I don't really know what to say to them. I mean, we're 11-3. Sure, I wish we were undefeated, but we won the lead seven out of the last eight years. I think that's only happened one other time. That was in the 70s by Alabama. You know, we've been pretty consistent. We're going to continue to 
we'll continue to be consistent and keep keep trying to do everything we can to be undefeated around here. I think, you know, we won 11 plus games. We won in 1981, won 12. And um, I think we went 31 years uh, before we won 11 games again at Clemson. Wes, do you think this program is trending downward, and how soon do you think they can get back to the playoff? Yeah, I think it is, and I agree with him on, on those comments. They have a quarterback, Christopher Vizina, that's coming in next season. He's a high four-star. I looked at his footage earlier in the year. He looks pretty good. Bold take here, I don't think that Kay Klubnick finishes his career in a Clemson uniform, to be frank. Uh, I think that, like I said, he's a good player, but he's not nearly what Clemson fans think he will be. Clemson has to go out and find more skill talent. There's nobody on that roster right now that we see that looks like they're going to be a difference maker in a championship fashion. So Clemson has a lot of work to do, and I think they're headed towards seasons like this for a little while now until they can go out and find some of those dudes uh, that they once had. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely is trending downward because we've had two years back-to-back where they have not reached the playoff. Before that, they were getting there every single time. Now, trending downward for Clemson means that you have two losses, three losses a year, which is an excellent season for many college football programs. It's really a testament to what Dabo Sweeney has built in Clemson. It's the fact that we do expect you to be a top-four team at the end of every season, which is remarkable. It's the fact that we do expect you to compete for a national championship at the end of every season. You have a little bit of a downfall, and all of a sudden, you're winning ACC championships still. You're still getting to New Year's Six Bowl games, but you're not getting to the college football playoff, and so it's actually a compliment, even if he wants to hear it that way or not. It really is a compliment when we talk about the big picture, but yeah, man, last two years, it's crazy to see that this is considered a quote-unquote down year, but it is, based off what they had accomplished in years prior. That'll do it for the campus corner let's continue to talk about the college football playoff on the other side tcu they upset michigan georgia comes back against ohio state as tcu laid the foundation of the potential maybe non-traditional type school actually reaching the championship we can reach that and talk about that in just a moment wesson walker sports radio 92.7 fm